Hello to all my Facebook friends and family. Nice to be with you again. Bill Allen here talking about the full armor of God or the transliteration, the panoply of God. The great hymn, Soldiers of Christ Arise, uses that transliterated term. And it is a great term that indicates the full armor of God. Uh, we've been looking through this summer the uh, passage in Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 20. We'll be wrapping up this study next week, but I uh, want you to know that today we look at the last of those items that are included in Ephesians 6 in the full armor of God. And it's one, I think, that does get left off of some of the lists, mainly because of the way Paul uh, uh, mentions it. And how we uh, we don't always remember that that armor is still uh, being talked about in the last few verses of the passage. Uh, we have looked at a lot of different ones and are looking at one today uh, that again is one that is vital to help us to stay in communication and in connection and in contact with the one who actually commands us and the one who actually has the power to help us win this battle uh, in this spiritual war that Jesus has won on the cross and the empty tomb, but that we continue to fight the little skirmishes, the battles, uh, okay, not so little, that show up in our lives. And we need all of this armor, including this last part. And I think this last part of the armor is really the one that helps us to remember that uh, it's not just up to us. Uh, the battle belongs to the Lord. That great, great song that we sing sometimes that I think Paul would be very much uh, in uh, approval of as he considers these things that he has talked about in this chapter. Uh, we are to be in constant communication with headquarters. And that headquarters is found in the very throne room of God. And amazingly enough, in spite of our sinfulness, in spite of the holiness and power of our great God, he has provided a way for us to speak directly with him. We don't have to worry about uh, a breakdown in technology. <laughs> we don't have to worry about uh, uh, someone not getting the message quite right when they give it to him. But we go through our heavenly, through our Savior to our Heavenly Father. That these last few verses of this passage, Ephesians 6, verses 18 through 20, tells us another very significant and important part of the armor of God. So we'll read these three verses, Ephesians 6, verses 18 through 20. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me, the Apostle says, that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. committed to prayer. 
praying for himself and his co-workers, praying for the churches that he established and cared so much about, but also praying, uh, asking others to pray for him. And to me, that is a, as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that is uh, a great example for me to remember that I need your prayers and the prayers of believers just as Paul the Apostle did. And so a few thoughts about prayer today, and then on Thursday we're going to look at some powerful prayers and some powerful prayers, prayers. Can't really draw it up for you hyphenated like I could if it was on an outline, but that's what we'll be talking about uh, this Thursday. Anytime. Whenever you uh, feel the urge, uh, pray. Whenever you don't feel the urge, but know that you need to do it, pray. Pray. Uh, pray always. We sing a song, a great old hymn sometimes, Sweet Hour of Prayer, that calls me from a world of care. Um, it's such a great, great moment to be able to know that you can talk to your Father. You can talk to your Heavenly Father, your Creator, your Savior, uh, your uh, one who is your comforter, and the presence of Almighty God is available to us through prayer. great book of worship, but it is also a great book of prayer. And it's not just a book of prayer, it's a book of prayers. Throughout the Psalms, the writers addressed uh, so many times their Psalms and their prayers and their worship to the Lord God himself in a very direct way. Um, and and that's, a, that's a great, great thing. And as you read through the Psalms, you read through these prayers, you can pray those prayers. You read through the songs, you can sing the songs, and you can pray the songs, because that's what the book of Psalms is all about. I encourage you to read the Psalms. I've, I've done studies on that, as you know, uh, through Facebook, through sermons and, and lessons, and there's so many wonderful books out about the Psalms. I would encourage you to read the Psalms, and I would encourage you to uh, pray the Psalms. If you have issues that you're worried about, issues such as um, you, you feel like you have uh, betrayed the Lord and are lost in sin, you can pray the great prayers of Psalm 51 and Psalm 32 that David prayed. If you are looking for the care and comfort of God, then you can uh, read that great 23rd Psalm that speaks about that. Uh, that uh, is a, not just a, a direct prayer, uh, but is a, a, a word of comfort to us and is used so many times in memorial services and funerals so that we can know that when we do walk through that valley of the shadow of death as that prayer 
in Psalm 23 says, Thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Uh, what a great, great uh, mention. If you want to pray, just a prayer of praise, thanking God for his creation, thanking God for his... Psalm 148. Uh, from it, we get a couple of great hymns. Praise the Lord, ye heavens adore him. And in the older translation, hallelujah, praise Jehovah. One of the things I loved about a, a earlier songbook, a hymnal that we used to use, is that that song, hallelujah, praise Jehovah, was song number 148. And it is taken almost verbatim from the King James translation of Psalm 148. I just love that. I love how those worked together. Uh, so many of the Psalms are, uh, are words that help put our feelings into prayers. And so I urge you and encourage you to not just read the Psalms, but pray the Psalms. Uh, speak to the Lord in the words of the Psalmist because they put, they put our feelings into prayer and into words. What a great great blessing. Uh, another great passage that reminds us to pray all the time, at any time, and to pray always, are these words from Philippians 4. Uh, we're very familiar with this passage. Much has been written uh, about this passage, and, um, and so we'll start in Philippians 4, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. And then especially starting in verse 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. We love those verses so much, don't we? They bring us such great comfort, but they are a call to prayer. Uh, basically, Paul gives us a choice. He says, you can choose to be anxious or you can choose to Tell me to pray about it and, and everything will be okay. Well, that, that's not what we're saying at all. In fact, the man who is writing these words, as you know, Paul, the apostle in Philippians, is in the same place that he is when he's writing uh, the book of Ephesians. And as he mentioned in Ephesians 6, an ambassador in chains. Paul makes very clear in that verse and also in Philippians chapter 1 that he is, he is a prisoner. He is actually in, in prison awaiting uh, trial before the emperor Caesar himself, not knowing how it's going to turn out, thinking he's going to be released according to Philippians 1, but not for sure, not for sure. And that's why he says in that great passage in Philippians 1, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I live, uh, that, that's great. I can serve the Lord here. If I die, that's great also because then I will be with the Lord. Uh, but as he continues on, he says, my thinking is God's got more work for me to do here still. And that, that seems to be, from a historical perspective, exactly what happened. Um, but as he writes these words in Philippians 4, he's not someone who takes anxiety and challenge and difficulty and uh, troubles uh, 
lightly. <laughs> not that at all. The man is in jail, not knowing if he's going to be released or going to be put to death. And the next time he finds himself appealing to Caesar or on trial before Caesar, he, he is pronounced guilty and is beheaded uh, because of it. But for now, he says, hey, look, you know, don't, you don't have to be anxious. You can be. You can choose to be anxious, but you can also take those difficulties and those trials and those fears and those doubts and those questions about the present and the future or maybe even the past, and you can give them to God. Don't be anxious about anything, he says, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Pray about it, he says. Pray about it with thanksgiving. We approach God with a thankful heart, absolutely. Uh, but be willing to ask. Be willing to petition. Be willing to okay to ask him. It's okay to pray. Remember Jesus in Matthew 7 said, ask and it will be given to you. Knock, and the door shall be opened. Seek, and you shall find. Great, great passage uh, on prayer, really, on seeking God, on knocking, on asking for God's guidance and God's blessing. Paul says here, present your request to God, and then he tells us the result, the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That song, I've got the peace that passes understanding down in my heart. And I've got the joy, joy, joy. The, that whole song is comes from this passage. And that peace that passes all understanding that is beyond all. going to see us through whatever lies ahead. That takes away our anxiety because typically our anxiety, our anxiousness comes from not knowing how things are going to turn out. And what prayer does is it's a great reminder to us that however it turns out here in this world, God will be with us and ultimately we will be in his presence for eternity. Um, and then that great verse, Philippians 4.13, uh, I kind of typically tack it on to these verses. It's in a context of God providing uh, the material things we need, whether we have a little or a lot, I get that. But I think it applies in, in every setting. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And our prayer reminds us of that, reminds us that the power is in the Lord, not in ourselves. So we trust in him. We take the difficulties we face and others face seriously. But at the same time, we look to the one who has the ultimate power and the one who will give us the comfort and the assurance that we need. The best time to pray always in a great passage on that, not just here in Philippians 4, but also in 1 Thessalonians 5. 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 16 through 18. Rejoice always. Pray continually uh, give thanks uh, to God through Jesus Christ in everything and so we are to 
um, always be praying. We are to be always rejoicing. We are to be always grateful. Why? Because we have the presence of God. It doesn't mean everything that happens to us is good in the eyes of the world or even in the eyes of the physical nature. doesn't mean that we will be saved from all suffering. It doesn't mean that we'll always get our way. But what it does mean is that the presence of God is with us. And because of that, Paul could say rejoice. You know, in Philippians 4, verse 4, he began that passage we looked at a moment ago by saying rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again rejoice. He tells the Thessalonian Christians the same thing in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16. And the church at Thessalonica was heavily persecuted, heavily persecuted from the very start. Remember, Paul was run out of town by the Thessalonian Jews who later ran him out of the neighboring town of Berea. Well, that didn't stop once he left. They continued to persecute the Christians who lived there and continued to serve the Lord Jesus Christ there. And Paul addresses that in First and Second Thessalonians. Rejoice always, he says. Uh, rejoice in the Lord always. Uh, and so we do rejoice always because we pray continually. And so therefore we can give thanks in everything. Uh, in the name of God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. The best time to pray is always. It can always be that sweet hour of prayer. You don't have to kneel. You don't have to raise your hands. You don't have to close your eyes. You can do that at any time in any way. Sometimes those are all good things to do, I believe. And when you can do those things, I think it's great. It's a great exercise, great reminder that we are approaching the great and eternal God. Uh, but we can do that uh, when you're driving, not a bad thing. When you're in the shower, not a bad thing. When you're in the midst of crisis, not a bad thing. It's never a bad thing to pray. The right time, the best time to pray, always, anytime. And then I, I've shared with this with you before, but I want to remind us again of the best reason to pray. In my mind, this is the gospel according to Bill, okay? The best reason to pray, as I've said many times, is simply two words, Jesus prayed. I mean, it's important enough for us to say that the Apostle Paul, who was one of the strongest Christians ever, uh, prayed. But Jesus prayed. The Son of God himself felt the need to be in constant communication with headquarters, to be in constant communication with the Father. And if Jesus prayed, how in the world can we not how in the world can we not? Uh, Jesus prayed in Matthew chapter 4. We read about the temptations and he was pre praying and fasting those 40 days uh, as he was being tempted. In Matthew 6, he gives us the Lord's Prayer as we call it. His teaching on prayer. Uh, pray this way, he says. And in Luke 11 is Luke's version of that. And he has other teaching on prayer in that passage about our loving Father who will hear us when we pray and will respond to us, not always with a yes, but he will always hear and always respond. I do believe that, that God answers us in one of three ways. He says yes, gives us what we ask for. He says no uh, and, and rejects our There is an act of faith. You pray to someone that you believe is greater than you. You don't ask something of someone that, 
that is less than you that would be less likely to be able to do what you ask, but you ask it of someone who is greater than you and can actually provide or do what you're asking. Well, the same is true of our prayers. We pray to God because He is greater than we ourselves. He is the Almighty Creator and Savior. And so Jesus has that teaching in Luke 11. And in Luke's version, Jesus himself is praying. The disciples come up on him while he is. And then when he's finished, they say, Lord, teach us to pray. And that's when Jesus gives them Luke's account uh, in Luke 11 of what we call the Lord's Prayer. Uh, in Mark chapter 1, verse 35, it says, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, When morning came, he called his disciples to them and chose 12 of them, whom he also designated apostles. So whether you're a morning person or a night owl, it doesn't matter. Pray then. Jesus got up early in the morning and prayed. He also at times prayed all night. So uh, whatever is best for you, do that. Some people have told me through the years, Bill, I, I just, I, I don't feel like I'm, I'm devoted to prayer enough because at night I try to pray and I fall asleep before I finish the prayer. And I'm thinking, that is okay. What a great thing to do. What a, what a great way to fall asleep talking to your Heavenly Father. Nothing at all wrong with that. Obviously, there's going to be some times when our need is so great that the last thing in the world we could do is fall asleep. But many other times when we're praying because it's, it's what we do, it's an act of discipline, it's the right thing to do, but it's also an act of love and an act of need, an act of devotion to our Heavenly Father. And uh, we do that and it brings us such great comfort and peace that we actually fall asleep. Uh, what a great way uh, to fall asleep at night in prayer. What a great way to get up in the morning, thanking God for his protection through the night uh, asking him for his guidance and blessing in the things you have for the day ahead. Um, Jesus prayed morning, during the day, at night, all night. Um, Jesus prayed. Uh, we see other examples of that in John 17, that wonderful high priestly prayer as we call it. The prayer that John records Jesus prayed before he was uh, arrested. Uh, that whole chapter, a prayer of Jesus, the Son of God, to the Father in heaven. Uh, Mark 14 and other passages as we know, Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, perhaps that John 17 is, is a part of what Jesus prayed uh, during those hours in Gethsemane while his disciples slept and while Judas had left to betray him. he had taught us to pray in the Lord's Prayer. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus himself prays for the Father's will to be done in his own life, even if it meant his own death. Oh, what an incredible statement in Mark 14. Jesus physically suffering in prayer. Uh, an incredible, incredible passage. And so if the Son of God felt the need to pray, 
you and I should be more than willing to pray as well. The best time to pray, always. The best reason to pray, Jesus prayed. And finally, the best people to pray, and the best people to pray for, everyone. Everyone can. today. Uh, verse 18, pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Uh, we're to pray for everyone. I think it's good for us to be as specific as possible with our prayers. I agree. But I think it's also okay for us to pray for all of those that are members of our church, all of those that are in our community and our loved ones. I find myself praying prayers over the last few years, asking God uh, to uh, bless me in three distinct ways. Uh, one, to bless uh, my church, the church where I actively attend. Uh, secondly, to bless my family, my loved ones. And then third, to bless our, my nation, my country, uh, and beyond that, to bless our world. Uh, however you pray, uh, you've heard me talk about uh, that um, acronym ACTS, A-C-T-S, as we consider our prayers, first beginning with, at, with adoration, adoring God, giving Him praise. Second, confession, A-C, adoration, confession of our sins before the righteous and holy God. The T is, of course, for thanksgiving, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, being grateful for the blessings God has already given us. And then the S, of course, is supplication, presenting our requests to God. It's okay to ask God for things, but if that's all you ever pray, then you may want to think about that. Uh, A-C-T-S, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. Sometimes the need is so great that, of course, that's the urgency of the moment, and we pour out our hearts to God with that. But if that's the way our prayers are always over a period of time, then I think there's something we need to consider, and that is God is worthy of our prayers of praise, uh, and not just to be someone we go to to ask for stuff, but rather someone that we praise and honor as our, as our great God and creator and Lord and master, someone we confess our sins to, someone we thank uh, and are grateful to for all of our blessings, and yes, someone that we look to with the needs of our lives. All of those things, very, very appropriate. That great passage in Ephesians 5, is any among you in trouble? Let them pray. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And he gives us the example of Elijah from 1 Kings chapter 17 through 19. Who
examples in scriptures of Paul praying for others, churches that he had worked with, individuals that he was writing uh, and mentioning in his letters. And, and yet Paul also asked for others to pray for him. Again, these words in Ephesians 6, verses 19 and 20. Pray also for me, that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. And it's with those thoughts that we'll begin our study on Thursday and talk about this prayer request that Paul has of others, but also talk about some very obedient and faithful to the word of God but also being willing to proclaim that word even in the midst of threat and persecution that won't happen without prayer be sure as you put on the full armor of God that you don't forget to communicate constantly with headquarters and pray God bless you in that